Unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably been hearing a lot about the stock market lately. Millions of people are beginning to invest for the first time ever. And we're realizing that the financial system should be built to work for us. That's why Robinhood is creating real human education resources, truly digestible financial news, and a platform that lets you invest in your own way, on your own terms. The next generation of investors is already here, and it includes you. Robinhood. Investing is risky. Robinhood Financial, LLC. I'll only be a minute. Come in with me. What is HomeSense, anyway? Look, outdoor furniture is in. Hey, that's a great brand. And it's a six-piece set. Check out this price. Are you sure that's not just the nope. table? No, chairs, too. Is this an outdoor rug? It is. It's nicer than our indoor rug. Outdoor ottomans, planters, patio umbrellas. Are you seeing these prices? You save a lot at HomeSense. This is the year we love our backyard. Can I say something? Yes. I'll get the truck. And that is why I love you. Save on outdoor like never before at HomeSense. Discover a store near you at HomeSense.com. From the city that never sleeps, New York City. A space for all LGBTQ friends and allies to share experiences, opinions, and anecdotes. We talk politics, current events, food, and just about everything. Welcome to the LGBT Chat, hosted by Ida Ramirez. everybody welcome to the lgbt chat podcast uh this is your host aida and joining us today is Brittany maldonado how are you girl i'm good i'm great how are you i uh, i was just choking on a piece of marshmallow <laughs> <laughs> That's a um, night. so i am so excited to talk to you today i found you through um instagram post yeah. um Lori, yeah who's a promoter <clears throat> here in new york city and you were like spitting some like sick words and like not sick like ill, but like ill, like cool, <laughs> like PHAT cool. <laughs> and I was like, who is she? And then people were like, oh, I don't know. Let me find her. And then like, I just, you responded to, to my comment about like, who is she? And I was like, yes. And then Lori got back to me like two hours after you responded. I'm like, she already responded on your own post. Like, <laughs> you know. I'm like, hi, it's me. What's up? Yeah. So I was like very excited to find you. Um, <clears throat> before we get started, tell me, I've been asking everybody this cause I'm a big foodie. Um, what's your go-to meal at like your favorite restaurant? Okay. So I'm vegan. So I have very specific favorite restaurants and there's one in the lower East side called, they pronounce it Ja Ja Ja, but it's ha 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 because we're Latino. Okay. It's an all-vegan Mexican restaurant. And I don't typically like Mexican food, but the food here is insane. So when I go, I get two buffalo cauliflower tacos and the elote that's covered in, like, vegan cheese and crema and all this deliciousness. And if I'm feeling extra fat, then I'll get, like, these chili nachos that are ridiculous. Oh, my God. And one sitting is my go-to meal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's so crazy i love elotes and i love tacos um i haven't given a try to um cauliflower yet <clears throat> hey, like in life you've never tried cauliflower like maybe once and what? by force and i probably spit it out when nobody was looking that is insane <laughs> cauliflower is life especially when it's deep fried yum 
Oh, now I got to try that because I love everything deep fried. But um, when I started on my health health journey, people were recommending that um, cauliflower pizza all the time. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that just does not look good. No, it's so good. But yeah, that sounds amazing. So the Lower East Side is a part of Lower Manhattan here in New York City. I will add a link to this restaurant because it sounds delicious. I need to go check it out. I am like the biggest fan of um, elotes, which is like corn and a cob, but like Mexican style. Covered in cheese and cream and all the good things in the world. Oh my God, cheese. <laughs> Brittany, so tell me about what it is that, that you do. I went on your website. I found some really dope bandanas. Yeah, I mean, I do a lot of things. So um, I worked corporate America for like 10 plus years of my life. And the reason why I did that is because I've always been financially independent. And so after graduating college, you know, I went to college for acting and then I was like, okay, I need to like make money. Um, So then I went straight into corporate America, but the artists in me suffered because of that. But I couldn't like walk away from it because I had no one like financially to rely on. And then once I hit my 30s, I was like, I'm no longer okay sacrificing my happiness for financial security. So I decided to quit my job and pursue art full time. And I was like, I'm going to give myself a year to do this and see how it goes. And now it's been like, like a year and a half and I'm not like starving or homeless. So things are going (laughs) fine. Um, (laughs) And so I am a visual artist. So I paint and then I do custom clothing. So I design bandanas denim, jeans, jackets, beanies, all of that. Um, And it's kind of all over the place, but great at the same time. Yeah. I was fascinated with some of the the art you had with Frida. I love how deep she is about literally everything. Everything. Art come together. Um, The Frida Kahlo stuff that you do. Is it? Um, That was kind of just like a random series that I did because I I do a lot of different types of work, um, but I've always been very like spiritually connected to Frida. Um, And, you know, Frida is one of those artists and one of those symbols that like everybody's kind of obsessed with um, for a lot of reasons and rightly so. But I feel like my connection to her is like on a whole other level. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel like... What do you mean? So I just feel like we have the same spirit, we have the same soul. And, you know, I spent a lot of time reading her biography. And as I read about her, I felt like I was reading about myself. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but like her emotional depth, her emotional darkness, the way she Mm -hmm. experienced love, the way she experienced pain and sadness are all things that resonated so deeply with me. So yes, I respected her as an artist and I love her work, but my love and respect for her encompass so much beyond like the artwork that she put out she's truly a, a fascinating person uh i i i had to find some interesting frida kahlo facts um she's she's if you don't know frida kahlo is please google her um i can't imagine somebody not knowing who she is even though for the past <laughs> like three halloweens in a row i dressed up as frida kahlo and people at work were like who are you supposed to be what and i was like uh girl the one and only <laughs> bye i can't Exactly. For Christmas, I got my first Frida Kahlo Barbie doll. Oh my God, uh, I got the same one. Yeah. And I forgot that I told my girlfriend, because I'm not really big into presents, right? But mm-hmm. we, like, I just created an Amazon gift thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I forgot that I mentioned this to her. And when I opened my Christmas present, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I found some an off topic, obviously, but I found some like really cool fun facts about um, Frida. Like she obviously she's a fe- she was a feminist, um, a Chicano a woman. She's she's been known to like she's made some comments about uh, having both women and, and male partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, she arrived to her solo exhibition in an ambulance once. She was placed in jail for murder. I didn't know about this. I got to Google what this was about. She appeared in Vogue. Yeah. I wonder if this was like an American version or like a Latin American version of Vogue. I think it was actually in Paris, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, doing it big. And um, she she talked about being a doctor. She, she lied about her age. And she won tequila challenges with hefty men. <laughs> she wanted her birth to coincide with the beginning of the Mexican Revolution. Um, she's known as a master self-portrait. Um, artist. Uh, she was also married to a famous painter, Diego Rivera, mm-hmm. who was notoriously cheating on her, according to her. Uh, and she had an affair with the founder of the Red Army. She, ha- I don't know if you heard about the the um, exhibit that's happening starting tomorrow, actually. Absolutely. Or is it Saturday, Friday? It starts the 8th, which is, I guess, Friday. Friday, yeah. And it's so funny because anybody that knows me even a little bit knows about like my obsession with Frida. So no lie, I want to say about 30 people have tagged me in this. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, or sent me personal text messages like, have you heard about this? And I'm like, girl, I've known forever. I am going. You probably already have tickets. Yeah, I'm going actually on Valentine's Day. So I'm super excited about that. And you know, I've traveled around the world following her work. Um, So anytime like an exhibition pops up somewhere else in the world, I go see it. Um, And so I want to say that 95% of the work they're going to show in Brooklyn, I've probably already seen, but obviously I'm going to go anyway. Um, But I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I'll add links to that on the show notes also if you happen to be in the tri-state area here in New York. Well, do you know if they're going to be um, exhibiting any of the stuff that they've recently discovered from the Diego Rivera's house? So I think that the appeal of this exhibition is that it's primarily focused on like her lifestyle. So a lot of her wardrobe, a lot of her fragrances, her personal belongings are going to be on display. And I think that that's what's of interest to people because for a while, for decades, those were locked up in a closet in their house. Um, And then when the heir, like the person who ran their estate died, then it became public property of Mexico City. And so that's wow. why it's not being exhibited. Well, and so I think that that's why people are super excited to see this in particular. I, I heard that Diego had actually asked for this to remain like out of the public eye for yep. a certain amount of years mm-hmm. before it was released. Which is so like, it adds more to like how intricate these people were. Mm-hmm. It's, it's totally fascinating, their story and, and how they lived. And I mean, I just like how cool is it to like relive moments from like that time that were so I, I can't even I can't process what I'm trying to say because I'm so excited about it. But it's just it promises to be um, a treat. So if you're yeah. in the in the area, please go check it out. Um, it's going to be so good. Uh, back on track here. I found something on your page that I liked, and I usually do a quote at the end, but I was like, let's switch it out. You said, I feel that if each and every one of us works every day on being better, doing better, loving ourselves and others better, we can all be best version of ourselves. I yeah. love this. Thank you. 
So that's actually, so I have my brand and the brand is Journey to Callan. And that's what like a lot, that's what's on a lot of the bandanas, the beanies, the clothing. And basically what Callan is, is a word that ancient Greek philosophers used to describe the ideal form of beauty, but it was beyond physical beauty. It was moral, spiritual, like whole other encompassing beauty. And so I feel like that's the ideal form of humanity that we should all strive to be at. So if we're constantly working every day on being better people, treating each other better, treating ourselves better, then we can all be our ideal selves. We can all be Callan. And so the brand is about being on that journey, journey to Callan. I, I had never heard of the, that term prior to seeing it on your page. So I learned something new today, guys. Absolutely. That or like, I, you know, every now and then I ask myself, when was the last time you did something for the first time? And when I can't answer that, I do something sporadic as hell and something so random. And I feel like that's what life's about. Just exploring new things and learning new things as often and frequently as you can. What's your writing process like? Talk to me about it. So poetry is funny, right? So I started getting into spoken word because like I'm not the best at verbal communication. Um, like I have all of the feelings and I have all the things that want to be said, but there's there's always been like this sort of block where it's always been easier to write for me. So like, for example, I'm arguing with a girlfriend or an ex and they're like saying all these things and I'm there just quiet. And then the second I leave, I'll send you like a 10 page text message <laughs> detailing exactly how I feel. And I don't know what it is about like being face to face that like is such a block for me. And I've gotten worlds better at that. But um, I started writing poetry because it was my only way of like expressing what I was feeling. And what that means is that I was only able to write when I was pissed off or when I was hurt or feeling like a very intense um, negative or painful emotion. Mm -hmm. And so kind of that's my process is when I'm feeling something super intensely, that's when I feel the need to write. And the biggest part for me is just getting the first line down. And I know that that's not true for a lot of poets. They'll have blurbs or they'll have ideas or they'll have lines that'll pop into the, their head. But for me, everything is about the first line because once the first line is on the page, then the rest of it just flows. Right. So that's kind of my process is just like something's bothering me or something's bugging me or I'm feeling something that I can't really deal with. And so I need to write about it. How important is accessibility of meaning to you? I feel like different poets have different styles, right? Mm -hmm. so you have like super wordy poets or super conceptual poets. And I feel like what's most important for me is writing the pieces people are too like scared to expose themselves to write. There are a lot of poets that write political pieces and those pieces are important, but a lot of people write political pieces. A lot of people write about what's going on in the world today and not to take away from the validity of those poems, but I wanna write poems about deeply emotional things that are hard to say, that are hard to talk about, that everybody has felt at some point, but they can't like just put into words. And so I use my words very carefully and selectively and so it's super important to me that people understand what I'm saying and really get the depth of each line. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, yeah, it does. I, I feel like there's some art that's meant to be interpreted in different ways. Mm -hmm. And then there's art that's 
that's just meant to like give you a direct answer uh, or a direct um, meaning. For sure. And like, you know, no one will ever hear a poem of mine or hear a line of mine and be like, well, what does she mean by that? Like I say exactly what I mean right. to the point that it's uncomfortable for people. And like, that's my focus is like, it's blunt and raw as hell. And there's no like room for interpretation in that way. Right. Did you have any challenges doing spoken word? Like maybe did you have a hard time booking places or performing in places? And um, for me, for so no, there was no barriers there. Like once I started performing and once I did my first show, like it was very easy for me to get into shows, very easy for me to get booked, and very easy for me to perform because I've been acting for so many years. So like I love being on stage. I love connecting with the audience. I love all of that. So that part was easy for me. The hard part, I think, was initially like I was a super super wordy poet. And so my poems were so long. And so just honing my craft and learning to edit them down a bit. And I think a barrier that I'm still facing is that I can only write when I'm hurt or when I'm upset. So when like life is good and I'm chilling, I'm not writing anything. And that's the problem. You're having a hard time finding your your muse or your... You don't know how many girlfriends of mine are like, write a poem about me, write a (laughs) poem to me. And I'm like, girl, no, but when we fight, I'm going to write a whole book about you. You know what I mean? Um, And so that's a barrier I'm trying to get over is just literally sitting down and saying, you know what, you're going to write something and like mustering up the, the... the creative juices, even if I'm not experiencing those emotions in that moment. What's your biggest, what's your biggest high in the process, whether it's painting or creating art or writing? I think for me, what inspires me is seeing people's reactions to my work, you know, spitting a poem and having someone come up to me after and they were like, I needed to hear that or that made me cry or that's exactly how I feel and what I've wanted to say forever. And that's what gets me high is people's reaction to my work, people connecting to something that was so personal to me and someone else that I've never met before is experiencing that same emotion. And the same thing with visual art. Like I love watching people watch my work. Because some people hate it. And like, I love that. I'm not one of those artists that like, my work is excellent. Everyone needs to love it. Like, I like when people don't like my work because I want to know why. I want to know what about it doesn't speak to you because that interests me just as much as someone saying, I love this so much and I want to know why. Right. It also creates some sort of versatility with, I guess, what, you know, your inspirations for painting or writing or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you're doing. If you could send yourself a message when you first started this journey, like when you left corporate America, if you can tell yourself something, what would you tell yourself? Or what would you do different? so long. The only thing I regret is waiting 10 years to leave. And I think that, you know, I didn't have enough faith in myself, enough faith in my talent to think that I could sustain a lifestyle for myself creatively. And it's because I didn't grow up around artists. You know, I know a lot of people who've been living this way for decades and it's because their parents are artists or they're surrounded by tons of artists, friends who are doing creative work for a living. But I didn't have that vocabulary to know that this life is possible. And so it wasn't realistic to me. And so if I could speak to myself 
a year, five, six years ago, I'd have been like, girl, you're going to be fine. Get the hell out of there because you're wasting the best years of your life. And, you know, the best years of my life are now. And I, I do believe that. But that would just be my advice. Like, believe in yourself because, like, you're wasting time here. You're better than that. Yeah. And then I also feel not to be a dub. <laughs> you know, it's it's a different process for everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I have a friend who has, I think, a double major. She has a master's in I don't know what. And she's always been an artist. Yeah. Uh, but she's struggling. Like, maybe it's not the same, like, your passion is not what's, I don't know if she's happy. And Mm -hmm. so I don't know if, like, if your passion should always be what you devote your entire time to, if it's not fulfilling you, um, both personally or financially, like, I don't know if that's, if that's something that you should stick to, like, just living your free spirit wild animal, if it's not, uh, if it's not feeding you internally. Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely. And I think that, life is about balance, you know? And, you know, I got into corporate America and the type of work that I was doing because by nature, I'm very right brain. I'm super organized. I'm like OCD, anal organized. I'm great at organization and planning events and doing all of that. And so I'm really good at that. But there was no balance in my life. I was working 10 hour days. And by the time you come home, shower, cook, eat, it's midnight and you have to be up at six. There's no time to paint. There's no time to write. And so, you know, I think that living the creative, free-spirited lifestyle can be unrealistic for a lot of people, especially if you have kids or, you know, a mortgage or a husband, wife, whatever. So it can be unrealistic for some people, but it's not entirely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just about striking balance, making that time to fill your bucket because it can't be all work and no passion because you're going to burn yourself out. And just what did you live your life for to, for money? Like that's terrible. And obviously this world runs on money, unfortunately. So you need to strike a balance, find a way to get yourself paid, but also a way to feed your spirit, whatever that means, whether that's art, whether that's music, whether that's underwater fucking basket weaving, whatever makes you happy, <laughs> like find a way to incorporate it into your day to day. And I think that's the key. That's a sweet spot. Yeah. Are you originally from New York City? I am. Were you born here? East in the Bronx. Ah, the Bronx. Boogie down Bronx. Mm-hmm. I'm in the Bronx too. I, I've been here since like 1993. And the Bronx has a stigma that travels throughout the world. <laughs> Like, it's notoriously known for, like, this dangerous, like, you know, New York City suburbia, I guess. I don't know. Um, I I had a, a class trip in high school to to Germany, and <laughs> we had kids. We visited a high school, a local high school from where we were staying, and one of the kids yelled at us from, like, across the hallway. He's like, there goes the Bronx kids. And I'm like, Wow. <laughs> But like even like listening to the radio station, like a show like Z100, that's like, you know, you hear it everywhere. Um, they're constantly talking crap about the Bronx and about how one of the one of the hosts is like from the grew up in the Bronx. And and they're like, you know, you're probably a murderer. Or you're like stabbing people left and right. And I know, you know it's so insane. And it's also interesting that the Bronx is like the last borough. I don't count Staten Island as a borough. I don't care. It's not a borough. Um, but I feel like the Bronx is the last of the boroughs to get gentrified Mm -hmm. and it's happening now. It's definitely happening now, but 
it took so much longer than like Brooklyn or Queens or I mean, Manhattan is Manhattan. But I think that's interesting and speaks to like the reputation that the Bronx has had mm-hmm. forever. It's getting better, but a long yeah. way to come. So it's not that bad, guys. We have Yankee Stadium. We have Palo Parkway. We have um, <laughs> the Bronx Zoo, the Botanical Garden. We have Fordham University, guys, and Ivy League School. Um we have Arthur Avenue, Little Italy, one of the first Little, little Italies. I live around the corner. Don't stalk me, guys. <laughs> um, um, and literally, like, the best bread you can find, the best homemade mozzarella cheese um, uh, here on Arthur Avenue in the Bronx. The best. Um, I've actually been seeing, um, like, tour buses in the area <laughs> dropping people off i know at like the bakeries because it's so insane what else do we have in the bronx oh we have a museum right we have the bronx museum of children oh, right and the regular bronx museum and oh at the alexander friedman house which like is a hub for like programming arts programming exhibits, mm-hmm. parties. Ed- like it's amazing the edgar Allan poe cottage is here mm-hmm. um he lived here actually he brought his wife here because she was suffering from uh, I think it was an upper rep- respiratory infection and he brought her here in hopes of um, making her better. I've actually never been inside the cottage. I've always wanted to. I've always uh, like passed by it, but never been inside either. What else do we have here in the Bronx? <laughs> I can't think of anything else, but that should be enough to incite you to come over and visit. And visit. Brittany, what else should we know about you? Do you want to share like, where do we find you? Um, so my Instagram, so I had an Instagram before and then I deleted it and people thought I was crazy because I had all these followers and I was like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't want my attachment to social media to be contingent on like how many followers I have. And I just needed a break. You know, I was going through a breakup. I was doing, I was just like, I'm getting off social media, deleting it, whatever. But now I'm back on social media because I'm an artist and like, I have a ton of shows and so it's like all networking for me right now. So on social media, my Instagram is journey to Callan, K-A-L-O-N. Um, and you can find all my thank you things on there. <laughs> um, you also have a website. Do I, we, ha- do you have a list of events there? Yeah, there's a find me tab and that literally lists all the art exhibitions that I'm in right now, anywhere that I'm performing. And it's just my name, www.brittanymaldonado.com. And literally anywhere that I am is on there art wise, like not in life. Like it's not going to be like she just checked into by Chloe. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll add it to the show notes so you guys can find her everywhere. Um <laughs> I am truly fascinated about your work and your poetry. It's it's super cool. Um, a cool not being like the right word. <laughs> totally an <laughs> understatement. Um, <clears throat> but what's next for you, other than like what you're what you're doing with your poetry? Like, are, are you aspiring to do anything else? Like, are you are you doing show? Are you booking shows outside of New York? Um, um, so right now, it's a couple of things. You know, I just applied to a bunch of artist residencies and solo show proposals today that was like my day today um but also like I really miss acting and that's what I went to school for so I got my headshots done so I'm actually going to start auditioning again and um I want to write a one-woman show so that's in the works and I'm also getting my poetry book together um so it's just like a lot of different creative projects along the way um but I'm excited about everything and it's going to be an exciting ride 
We're looking forward to following you on it. Um, so before you go, yes, um, I always I always do these ending questions. I used to do it, and I mentioned it in the last podcast. I used to do it on this book by, and I keep saying his name. I don't know why I keep giving him free promo, but it's called um, the Book of Questions by Dr. Gregory Stock, and it, it's supposed to be there's supposed to be questions that make you reflect on. Um, on your life and on the way you think and the way you process information and, and things like that. But I'm done with Dr. Gregory Stock. <laughs> <laughs> He's not following us. He doesn't care. Whatever. I'm getting my own. Um, <clears throat> so for this question I got, what do you think is the difference between living and existing? Um, so I think most people exist. And to me, existing is not a good thing. Um, existing means like we're physically alive, we're physically breathing, um, but we're not really tapped into the vibration of life and the vibration of like the universal connection that is humanity, that is everything. And so I feel like when we exist, like the hours go by, the days go by, time goes by, and it's like a series of moments that are happening to you and you're like a passive participant in that um and it's kind of numbing and kind of sad and not fulfilling but living to me is being a hundred percent tapped into the vibration that is the universe that is connection being entirely present not living in the past not living in the future just literally being present in the moment experiencing everything at 100%. It's not being on your phone. It's not documenting things for the gram. It's not any of that. It's literally just participating in your life, being an active participant as opposed to like a passive observer of what's happening. Right. Uh, we've definitely become zombies these days with yeah. uh, with our cell phones and it's our, our yeah. interactions with people um, are so bizarre. Uh, you go out to eat and everybody's like glued to their cell phones. That I was telling to me. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned on the last show, but we used to have this thing where, uh, where we go out to eat a couple of, couple of friends and whatnot. And we tie our, we, we put our cell phones um, in the middle of the table and whoever grabbed their cell phones before the, the check got still, to the table yep. pays the bill. Exactly. I still do that. So I think we should uh, we should start getting in the habit of doing that oh, um, yeah. and, and living and not being zombies to the experiences around us. Um, it's crazy. It's so crazy. Like I've gone out to eat and I'm looking around and there's people on a date and they're both on their phones. I'm like, why are you out? Go home. Like it's much cheaper. You can just do this at home and be on your phone. Like I'll get up and leave a date with someone if they're on their phone. Yeah. And so. And we do it in the most subtlest of ways, too. Yeah. Even while, like, we're on vacation and mm -hmm. we're, like, experiencing things, we're, like, living through the lens of our cell phones and we're, like, constantly Maybe. recording things and taking, cam you know, pictures um, instead of breathing in what's around us. Absolutely. But what you said about, li about living and not existing um, or about existing and not living reminded me of um, the Truman Show where yeah. he was just, like, on a routine and, and he was literally just existing. Mm -hmm. I was a a really good movie by the way if you haven't seen it it's with Jim Carrey I forgot who was in it um but he's basically like he's a main character of a reality show and he doesn't know it and they've created this world around him um the fake world <laughs> around him um and everything everybody was literally an actor except for except for Jim Carrey who didn't know he was he was um the main character mm-hmm 
there's a scene from that movie that I loved, a quote, where he says to his neighbor every day, and I, I think it's the same movie. He's like, good morning, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and just in case I don't see you, have a good evening or something like that. I always thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I am a Jim Carrey um, fanatic. I love him. Oh, my God, the pest. Not the pest. Um, the mask. The pest the is John Leguizamo. <laughs> he is such, like, a full-body actor. Like, he acts with every inch of his body and yes. I love that yes he's totally in tune um I I usually do a quote at the end I'm gonna leave you guys with one did you want to add anything else before we leave um no just have a good weekend everybody do something exciting and fun and don't put it on social media yeah challenge yourself yeah, for sure. Um, on the next show, we're going to be uh, speaking to Lori, who we mentioned earlier. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, how she got started with doing um, with promoting events here in New York City. She does a lot of LGBTQ events. Um, and so we're looking forward to hearing that. And I'm going to leave you with um, this quote with uh, from Brittany um, saying, I feel that if each and every one of us works every day on being better, doing better, loving ourselves and others, better we can all be the best versions of ourselves um and with that said Brittany, thank you so much for joining us today thank i really appreciate it me. you're very welcome and until next time everybody happy trails you just listened to the lgbt chat podcast with your host ida subscribe to our podcast on itunes or google podcast catch a new episode every saturday So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. At American Public University, we believe that higher education can unlock higher purpose. So we offer 200 modern programs for those who want to make a difference. And we believe education must adapt to students' needs. That's why we've made it accessible through online classes and flexible with monthly program starts. American Public University, within reach, without limits. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com.